Welcome to the Rise Up Good Witch podcast, a radical approach to herbalism, self-care, and the tarot. Hello, everyone. Welcome to episode 71 of the Rise Up Good Witch podcast. This is Karina. Thank you all for being here today. This will be the last podcast episode of winter 2020 slash 2021. And it feels like a lot of growth is around us. Um, I don't know about you. I'm feeling really excited about flowers. At the beginning of the year, um, you know, obviously things last year were really rough and continue to be in many ways. And I started to really think about what my goal was for 2021. And what I came to was flower essences, making a lot of flower essences, taking a lot of flower essences, just trying to cultivate new perspectives and resilience from flower essences. So that's how I'm feeling right now. Um, And I'm just doing a lot of work on myself, a lot of healing work. And within that, really grounding into my personal tarot practice, my personal herbalism practice and and flower essence practice. And that feels really good to center myself, um, to take care of myself, because I recognize that for a long time in my life, I did not center my care. I did not think that it was important. I did not prioritize it. And this is something I see reflected in a lot of the worlds of my clients and friends and other people that are professional witches. And we have to think really about what that's rooted in. Why do we have so much rooted in this shame, this process of shame, this process of self, self-minimizing behavior? So I think a lot about that. I've been really thinking about the court cards in tarot. Um, And obviously I think about tarot a lot. I am a professional tarot reader, but I have been since Tarot School for Liberation just thinking about how expansive these archetypes are. And what I'm really thinking about right now is this archetype of queen and how to embody that archetype in a way that's evolved and that is separated from the gender binary and patriarchy and a lot of the kind of toxic attributes of quote-unquote divine feminine but more towards this idea of a deep resilience and an inability to burn out because in order to burn out and I have been thinking about this a lot for me at least Burnout means I'm ignoring my needs and then feeling resentful when my needs aren't magically met, even though I'm not communicating them. Um, And I like to think about queen energy as this force in being able to create boundaries and engage with others from a place of deep self-nurturance. So not showing up until our cup is full is very much a queen energy. Whereas I think most of my life I've been operating in night energy. And when I think about the nights in the court cards, I think about um, a sense of urgency that can be really harmful to ourselves and others. A sense of wanting to get things done fast and dirty. And that isn't helpful, especially when you're 
dealing with your own chronic health issues, autoimmune struggles, mental health issues, trauma healing, etc., which I know many of us are doing after the devastation of 2020 and the way that it kind of shone a light and held a mirror up to some of our most wounded parts. So today I'm really excited to share a conversation with a person who I really hold dear to my heart. Liliana Perez is a psychic medium, an intuitive practitioner, and her business is called Iha Kikora. And Liliana is just kind of one of my favorite people that I've met in the witch world. I've been on her Patreon for more than a year now receiving monthly messages. And she actually receives monthly messages at the tier that I do them on Patreon as well. So we kind of have this queen like friendship, I almost think, um, this like digital witch queen friendship, um, because we can both support each other with these monthly messages and just both like really hold each other in high regard and, and hopefulness in that way. So I knew that I wanted to have Liliana on the podcast. She was on, I believe, two years ago on tarot storytelling, but um, I wanted to have this conversation. I think she's such a talented medium such a brilliant psychic and a really caring and sweet person. And her Oracle deck passages is definitely going to be something that will be wonderful to work with. I can't wait. And um, I just hope you like this conversation. I feel like we got to be pretty vulnerable about our processes regarding being a medium and what our boundaries are like and what the journey was like to recognize our own intuition and how to utilize it. If you enjoy this podcast, I would love to see you on the Patreon. You can go to www.patreon.com slash riseupgoodwitch. Speaking of burnout, I have been thinking about the future of this podcast and it's really wild to have it in the 70s now. DIY media and podcasts, they take a lot of effort and just a lot of it, like lining up guests and all that can be a lot of work. And um, I pay my my guests. I have the immense privilege of doing that because of Patreon. And I know that there's a lot of people that listen to the show and really enjoy it, this platform. And I'm creating all of this, you know, putting so much of myself out there. And I know that's something that like a lot of us struggle with, especially femmes who are in the public realm. Um, it can be really hard. And I also recognize that, you know, I think before I had my own podcast and I was just a podcast listener and I just followed other people on social media, I didn't understand like how draining it could be. Sometimes it feels a lot like people want to ask things of you without giving any reciprocity. And again, um, I, and again, I want to say actually, like, I don't feel like that happens to me a lot. I feel like I've received a lot of praise and a lot of gratitude for my podcast and I have a lot of amazing patrons. So shout out to everyone who's supporting the podcast and, and helping it sustain because without, you know, the shares, without the Patreon pledges, without the podcast ratings, this podcast wouldn't be able to grow if it was just like people that listened to it and never did anything to give back. And I've been thinking about that because I think queens can give freely. Um, queens can give freely and they can give always, but it's only because they're getting that steady stream of support and gratitude and love that the burnout path never has to happen. 
But I think unfortunately in capitalism, and unfortunately for many of us who are creators, there's sort of this idea that you know, the, the, the fact that you have the privilege to create and have your work be loved and enjoyed by others should be enough. You shouldn't expect any type of reciprocity. And the longer that I do this, the more I just recognize that that is absolutely not true. Um, and that the collateral that we live in, like that we have access to in this world is, um, you know, in capitalism is money. And it's not that I think money is the only way to show reciprocity. Um, so all that said, me invoking queen energy is asking again, I know this, I do this every episode and I don't like it. I don't like asking people to financially support or leave a rating or review. I just want people to recognize that if they have the time and the means that it's a good thing to do. As long as I have the capacity, I will keep doing it. I will keep lining up guests, but, um, your support really means the world to me. It helps me step more into my queen energy and not always be hustling in that easily burnt out night energy. I'm also going to put a link in the show notes to Liliana's new offering, the Passages Oracle deck. It looks so beautiful. I know it's going to be so great for channeling. So definitely pledge to her Kickstarter and show her some love and support. And again, like I totally recommend Liliana as a psychic medium. I have recommended her to so many people. I have bought friends readings with her and I go to her for longer readings sometimes as well. So please check out Lily, follow her on Instagram, join her Patreon. And if you want to book a reading with me, with I'm um, booked up for March, but my books are open for April and you can um, sign up for a reading and you can also get a custom flower essence like I said 2021 for me is the year of the flower essence and I can't wait to share those with you but I think my schedule will be closing down pretty soon so if you want to book a reading for April please do that soon so thank you so much for listening, y'all. I appreciate you. I hope that you are all doing well, and I hope you enjoy this conversation with Liliana of Iha Kekora. I'm here today with the amazing psychic medium and intuitive reader and creator Liliana Perez from Iha Kekora. Liliana, welcome. Hi. 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 Thank you for letting me be here. I'm excited. Thanks for being here. So I always, I have been telling my tarot students, I'm like, the person I go to for readings, I go to other folks for readings, but someone that I regularly go to for intuitive readings is you. And I'm so excited um, to introduce you to folks that 
maybe aren't familiar with your work. So do you want to share a little bit about, you know, who you are, what you do, what you want folks to know about you? Yeah, um, I am a professional psychic medium. I work with folks who are wanting to connect with past loved ones, with their spirit guides, just their spiritual team and um, guide them with either you know, providing the messages that their guides want to share with them, but ultimately, you know, guiding them in, in ways in their life that can support them to live their best life. Um, yeah, that's, that's my work right now. Awesome. Um, I had to get up just now because I realized I was planning to set my altar up and um, I was like, I have to have my altar set up during this conversation. So um, what is Lily like one thing and I'm curious about this too like I was just saying like before we started recording like I'm really fascinated by people's origin stories and I um I feel like I've known you for a couple years on the internet <laughs> and I've gotten readings from you and I think you're there's something like really magnetic magnetic about you and like who you are and the way that you do your channeling and um I would love to hear more about kind of like how you got started, um, when you realized that you were a psychic medium, et cetera. You know, the more I think about it, uh, you know, I think I always knew, well, I, I would see or had a stint, like there was this one spirit that I used to see all the time when I was little at my, at my Thea's house. And when I look back as an adult now, looking at my childhood, I just didn't know then, you know, what it was that I was experiencing. And, um, you know, when I, be in my twenties, I went through, I think like with everyone that when they come into their spiritual awakening, um, I was, I lost someone that was really important to me. He was my father figure and like grandfather figure in one. And that, because of that, I lost myself. And, um, I started, I, I turned back to the tarot. So that was, yeah, I was in my twenties and I first was introduced to the tarot when I was 14. And, uh, I would read for my friends. And I remember with one reading, I was like, Oh, you're going to like, be he used to like race cars. Uh, and I was like, you need to be careful because something's going to happen. You probably shouldn't go to that thing. And sure enough, he went and he got into a car accident. And I remember thinking, whoa, um, well, one, like, was that my fault? But also thinking, like, I knew that was going to happen. And um, and then over the course of, like, years, I've seen spirits. I remember seeing at one time I saw one of my uncles who's who passed away. I'd seen his, like, full-on body and everything and he walked by and I looked at him and we like spoke in that moment I'm like I know I'm not making that up I know I'm seeing that and like I said with the loss of my father figure um I didn't want to I didn't feel comfortable going you know seeking someone in the medical field I didn't feel comfortable with that and so I thought okay I'm gonna go back to using what I did what I used before which was the tarot and I just over years of like connecting with the cards and like kind of reflecting on things that happened to me throughout my life and you know dreams that weren't just dreams they were premonitions or hearing voices even though they sound like my own they weren't it wasn't me you know and I think that was the biggest thing that kind of kept me detached or not believing that what I was experiencing 
was something that was outside of myself, even though it was, I was connected with it. I always thought, okay, I have to, what I hear is going to be someone's complete, a completely different voice, you know? And um, then when I built some confidence in my work uh, within myself, I started, I just started diving in it. And, um, you know, I, like I've shared before, I think it really just comes down to trust, right? Like really just trusting myself that what I'm receiving and, and letting go of expectations. Like when I'm channeling, I just shut my eyes and let whatever comes through, comes through. And I wish I had a better way of explaining it because I was talking to my sister because she's, she's a strong psychic, but she doesn't feel confident in it. And and I was trying to explain to her like how I do it, which is like, I just close my eyes and it does feel like a part of, like I'm almost um, exiting my body, like setting myself aside. So that way something else could come through and uh, just like letting go of, if I'm not right, that's okay. I, it, it's okay if I'm not right. I just need to let come through, whatever wants to come through, come through. And um, yeah, it's been a few years and realistically like being a professional psychic and like tapping into my mediumship and and strengthening my ability to channel has really honestly been like the last year um where I really embraced it prior to that I think you know I was a I was a hairstylist a hairdresser for 10 years and I would do that I would be receiving messages or like connecting with spirits even like when I would be doing folks hair and like this I I know what this is like, but what do, and I would just giggle. And I think that human connection too makes a big difference. You know, when you, when you're connecting with clients and you trust one another, it really makes things flow easier. I feel like I'm rambling. I'm sorry, but it really, it's like just trusting the self. It sounds cheesy, huh? Just to like, no, just trust yourself, but it's the truth. You it know, is, it's like yeah. you trust yourself and letting go of, all right. Yeah. If I, I may be wrong, but that's okay right? Like, it's okay if I get it wrong. Um, the fact that I'm doing it and I, the fact that I do it and we do it more and more, we build that muscle, you know, hope that that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And you're not rambling at all. Um, yeah, it, it is really hard to learn how to trust ourselves. And to me, I think that's like the biggest barrier is believing in it you know like believing in the things that we see and it's it's um yeah it's it's i don't want to use the word crazy it's um it's a very intense experience when someone that you love passes on and you had a feeling that it was going to happen before it happens which i went through recently like somewhat recently um uh, you know, since I've been working as a full-time witch, it happened. And it really was a wake-up call as to, like, how much I was not trusting still. Even though I was, like, doing the work, still wasn't trusting that I could do it. Um, I would love, you know, because I know you have, you're working on an Oracle deck right now, and you're preparing to have it launched on Kickstarter, which I'm excited about. And I know you've been working with the cards for a while. Uh, have you transitioned away from working with tarot towards working only with Oracle and doing um, just channeling without the tarot? Yeah. 
um, initially tarot was the tool that allowed me to trust myself as a channel. Um, like, like I, I don't feel like I'm a good tarot reader because I know, or when I was reading tarot, I was like, I'm not good because I know the, the, what, the, the, the theory, right? Like the, the deep meaning, like you, like there's so many readers who have this beautiful knowledge and theory behind the cards. And, um, for me, it was just, I would pull up the card and then I realized I'm not even, I'm just channeling. And so now, yeah, I am mainly working with the Oracle deck and, and I do, I still will incorporate the cards, but it's mainly just channeling work now. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that makes sense. And, you know, that's an interesting thing for me as a tarot teacher. I resisted being a tarot teacher for a really long time. And that was because I was like, this, it can't be taught. But I think what can be, and I do, I, I don't know, you know, that's, I'm still like in the, pro, I've been teaching now for almost a year, a lot on, you know, online. So I, I'm not sure, but because I, I really like lean into changing how I feel and like changing as experiences increase, but it does feel like it's a mixture of having that theory, that theoretical framework the understanding of the context and then bringing your own magic into it. Um, because oh, that's, sure. yeah, that's kind of what separates uh, someone who's a channel from someone who's just like teaching you about the cards that you just pulled. Yeah. Oh, big difference. Mm -hmm. Big, big difference. Yeah. You can feel it. Um, and I've like, I've taken classes when I, yeah, it's been like 10 years. I remember when I was like, you know what, I want to find a different, because I was doubting myself, right? I'm like, okay, I think I need to learn from someone else because I'm doubting myself. And and I've had some teachers where it was just like, I'm just being spoken at. And like, I could have read this from the book, whereas other teachers, like, oh my gosh, yes. Like there's, that's exactly what it is. And it hits, excuse me, I have a cough drop in my mouth. It hits on a, on a totally different level. And that's why I love you as a, as a teacher too, because, um, there's so much of yourself that you put that you extend to others when you're teaching and, um, and of the context, uh, your frame. Thank you. Yeah. It's funny. Cause it's like, there's two ways to look at it. I think sometimes I'm like, why do I always talk? Like, can I not talk about myself? Why am I? But then I also think like we, the only thing in this world that we can ever be experts on is our own experience. So it's mm -hmm. like, you know, I, I think like, if you want to be authentic, you have to share about yourself. Um, oh, for sure. So that, I don't know, again, it's like something that I'm in the process of, of um, figuring out, always in the process of, and I also have been kind of thinking about, especially when we think about trauma, the way that narratives change. Like, I feel oftentimes, like, if there's a really potent story in my life, if there's a story that was transformative and integral to who I am, I will tell the story over and over again and it will change. And it's not because the facts of the story changed, it's because as I grow, I have a better understanding of what that story means in the context of my life. Oh, for sure. I love yeah. that you even just brought that up because I uh, did a training over this weekend and I have a, a, a narrative that I've said over and over and it, it exactly how you phrase it it's like okay it brought it was brought to my attention of I still have this narrative but it's the story's 
the, the facts, the facts have shifted or the story has shifted, right? And that, yeah, that's because I've grown or I've evolved, I've healed. And now, um, you know, we're able to kind of go deeper within or peel back a little bit more layers and then kind of go down that road and, and it, it cannot unwind, unwind feels kind of like an icky word for that, but untangle. Yeah, there we go. Yeah, it, it helps it untangle. And I think that's a big thing too, that um, when we are working with these narratives and we see that, okay, we can acknowledge, okay, there's this other aspect or it's not that it's still there and you haven't healed. It's just, there's this other aspect, right? Like there's this other bit that I need to hold and it's showing me something different. We're still in the excavating. And sometimes we might always excavate depending on our relationship with the situation and what we're you know meant to learn and not to say that we all like what we endure that's traumatic is always for our highest and best good because it's going to teach us a lesson like I don't necessarily agree with that either because it's I feel like it's unethical to say that but do you know what I mean like I, I have a hard time phrasing like finding the right words for that but I do I try to look at situations in my life where it's okay well at least it, it formed me to who I am who I am now is because of these situations and or at least I'm saying that because the reality is that I don't know like maybe mm-hmm. I would have still been the same person but or, or who knows maybe not but um I like to think that because of what I have been through mm-hmm. it's created or at least helped create the person that I am today yes yeah. absolutely I think the the framework I have around that as I continue to develop my trauma-informed lens, um, and I also realized, you know, my trauma-informed lens is getting better because I think I thought that it was, yeah, I think I've been developing it, but I realized like I had to see myself through a trauma-informed lens before I can see anyone else through it. And I think like when people say like adversity makes you stronger, like trauma makes you stronger, I think it's okay to say that for yourself but you can't tell someone else that like someone else can say that for themselves, you know? Yeah. yeah. Cause they so won't, sure. it's not very trauma informed to tell someone that their hardship has like made them better, but there is that, you know, I'm taking a, a year long class with Pavani More from Bespoken Bones. And one thing um, that has come up in what the work we're doing recently is the, it's, it's, and I'm putting, I'm rephrasing this in my own words. There is like this spectrum, this dichotomy between trauma and resilience and the opposite, you know, of trauma is resilience in a lot of ways, um, which kind of brings me to ancestor work because we think about the harms um, that were endured and were committed by ancestors and then the survival of ancestors, which is resilience. So I know that you are, I don't know actually if you consider yourself like a practitioner of curanderismo or if you have just been inspired by it, but did you want to share a little bit about, you know, that part of your work or your identity? Um, I would definitely say it's something that I, I would feel more comfortable saying it's something that has inspired my work, my healing journey. It's something that I, it is a part of my ancestry. I just don't feel comfortable late like saying that that's my work I respect it so much um and 
you know, I first, and I think that's the thing, right? When we're always like, we're, we're starting to remember bits of our ancestors or the, when they're coming and speaking through us, um, when we're like dabbling into work and they're, you know, when I would see like my feet or see my feet are doing things or hear of like my, the stories that my mom would tell me of, you know, my grandmother and um, when they, you know, lived in Mexico, the things that they would do. And, um, or even like when I was younger, going to a, cura, a curandero a couple of times, um, it always, I mean, granted, I was scared at the time because I'm like, here's this person I don't know. And they're like touching my body. And it's kind of, you know, it made me uncomfortable in the space. There's a lot of people and it was just like, it was a sensory overload, but still it was like, I, this, this feels normal. Like this is very familiar. Um, and then I went to, um, I started working with herbs and I had taken a class. Oh my gosh, I'm trying to remember the name. Um, oh, I feel so bad because I don't remember the name. Um, okay. any, I take, I took an herbal class and online and then I was like self-studying and I loved all the information, but something wasn't, something was missing, you know? And then, um, and then my clients, when I was doing hair, they had brought up like randomly, they're like, Oh, have you like, one person asked me if I, if I study curanderismo I'm like that's so what a random thing to say you know and so I'm like okay I'm 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 a I trust that so then I found one of my favorite schools in Oakland um ancestral apothecary I love them um they had a a class um called the curanderexis toolkit I believe that was this class and then I, I went and it was just like my heart lit up and all these things that they were talking about, like, I, I know not to be like the ego or being like, you know, I'm going to toot my own horn, but like, I know all of this stuff that like, it's just ringing a bell and seeing the work within curanderismo, because it's a huge, it's an umbrella term, right? Because within curanderismo, you have uh, different practitioners who have um, their different specialties of, you know, their modalities. Some are like body workers, some work mainly with herbs, some are doing, um, cleanses or other, you know, other, most commonly known as like limpias, some work with spirits mainly. Um, and I just loved it. And that's something that I, I felt like for a while, okay, I'm going to deepen my, my studies within this. And this is what I want to do because I feel like this is what my ancestors want to do, want me to do. But you know, over time too, right? Like as we grow and we learn and we feel more, our stories change. And I feel like that's something that I want to keep more for myself versus something that I incorporate in my work as a, okay, I'm doing my, my practices, curanderismo, or is within curanderismo. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. absolutely. So I respect, I respect that, that so much because it's within that work, you know, I mean, just like with witches, we always work with spirit. We work in connection and uh, co-collaboration, right? With like the earth, the spirits, like we are all connected and working as one in unison. And I think that's a huge part of curanderismo, but it's a part of all magical, or at least in my, I, sh I should only speak, I can only speak for myself. It's what's in my magical practice because I, everyone's practice is different. So, yeah. yeah. Yeah, totally. And it is like, you know, then we get into the whole realm, the rise of good, which favorite topic of capitalism, because it's like, 
you, we don't need to like take everything we learn. We don't have to like turn a profit from it. Right. And I think about, I did not earn money from doing tarot readings until, I mean, pretty recently in my life. And I, you know, I, I love learning new modalities. Um, I love, you know, I, I've learned about the, a lot of, about the Akashic records recently, but I don't consider myself an Akashic records practitioner, but learning the Akashic records really strengthened my psychic abilities, like really helped me with my channeling work um, and deepen my ancestral relationship as well, because I was able to make contact with um, an ancestor that had a really brutal um, and traumatizing death. And I, years ago around 2014 so like almost wow seven years ago i took um i don't know if you've heard of integrated energy therapy iet yes yeah so i took a training on that i remember just randomly like my friend was doing it and i'm thinking about this because i actually talked to that friend last night and we were like talking about that weekend because um i didn't know i was channeling at that time, but I, I totally was. And like all this energetic stuff started happening. And I remember in the IET training, um, we were doing practice of, you know, I can't remember all the details of IET. There's like a golden or there's like an orb that you work with. You're just doing, you're like feeling people's energy centers and you're like unblocking places that they're holding a lot of tension. And I was working with someone who seemed like this real, like happy-go-lucky hippie lady. And I was like, just like pulling out all the stuff. And I went into this zone and, and it was like the class. And I was like sitting there like, there's so much, uh, like I can't, I can't. And the teacher was like, wow, you're really talented at this. You're really good at this. And I was like, really? Like, I don't know what I'm doing. Like, I just, there's so much in her. But then I was like, am I, is this me? Because she seems like all happy and, and uh, she seems like she's doing great. But like later thinking about that, I'm like, no, it was because she's put on that face, which is, you know, I'm from Humboldt County. That's like a very humble thing is like love and light and like smile and like peace symbol. And inside you're like full of rage and like, just, you know, a lot of stuff is happening. So I, I thought about it later and I was like, no, that person was suffering. They were suffering and they were full of anger and they had, they were not dealing with it. It was their shadow work to deal with. And I was tapping into that. And it's scary to tap into that in people. And that's something that for me and my healing work, you know, now I think most of my clients come to me because they know that I do shadow work and they want those parts of them pulled out. But I think at that point in my life, like I was so uncomfortable with my shadow. I, you know, and at that time I had been reading tarot for like six years, but like for fun, but I, I was just sort of like, I don't know, I just like do this thing. Um, and I didn't think of it as like, as, as, as psychic as it was in that moment when I was like pulling all that energy out of that woman. Um, but yeah, it's like people, you know, people don't want, people can only do the shadow work if they show up for it. If they don't show up for it, then, you know, defenses come up. And that's like always my fear is like hitting someone's like trigger defense mechanism, which is, has a lot of anger in it. And I think the reason that I fear that 
like this is an example of me doing a deep overshare. Like the reason I think I feel that way is I think in earlier years of my life, if someone had tried to do that same work and pulled that out of me, I would have reacted with a lot of anger and defensiveness. So it's like, maybe that's a fear, you know, that that's a mirror that I'm looking at. So, so yeah, thank you for sharing. I want to say too, with what you just shared, like, thank you for sharing that. And I think it, it's so true that uh, I would have reacted the same way. Like, you know, in the beginning when I first started um, within like doing any kind of spiritual work and trying to create a profession with it, it wasn't with like reading, it wasn't reading the tarot or reading cards. I was a, I became a Reiki practitioner and I remember like I was offering free sessions and I, I was, you know, I wasn't, I wasn't sure of what I, not that I wasn't sure of what I was doing. I didn't know how to, um, how do I word this? Like I knew what shadow work was. But because I myself like didn't, uh, I wasn't going through certain things, right? Like, or I mean, I wasn't, um, I was at the time, wasn't ready to look at things that I needed healing in. Uh, and I remember I had one client um, and what I was pulling out were things that were very similar to my own experience that I needed to heal too. And it's, and it is scary. I think it's, like I wasn't good with energetic boundaries. I didn't know what energetic boundaries were, like how to set them up for myself. And then, you know, and when we do, we see those reflections. It's like, uh. and I also want to say too, that I think it, that's what makes a good practitioner of like being mindful and aware of, okay, am I, I want to ensure that I'm respecting their energetic boundaries and making sure that, you know, I, we want the space. We want one another to be open so we can connect, but also know that like whatever we may see or be told may not necessarily, they may not need to hear it. They might not be ready to hear it just yet. And I think that was something that I needed to learn too, because like you said, if someone said to me or brought up the things that I needed to work through that, you know, I, I mean, now I've shared it with people, but at the time, like no one knew about, well, I would have been, I would have lost it, you know, like, and I think that's part of being a prof like not I don't know professional sounds so weird, but um you know what I mean. Like I feel yeah. so weird saying that. <laughs> I, like, I know. Like what is a professional? Yeah. Like, I guess I feel like that's capitalism too, right? Because like capitalism is garbage, but but we're also like I, I'm speaking for myself. I can't I can only speak for myself, which is I feel bad to call myself a professional, but why? My work, it it's paying my bills. It is a, I've invested in this work. Mm -hmm. It is a profession. So why would I let like what society is considered a normal profession tell me that my profession isn't a profession? You know mm -hmm. what I mean? Does that make sense? Yes. Like mm. Yes. <laughs> we're in the we're in the hierophant year. And I always felt like I, my relationship with the Hierophant has like greatly, greatly grown, I think even in the last year. Um, but I think I used to like see the Hierophant as kind of this like the judge and the jury of your life based on like patriarchal white supremacist values, which was like, you know, that voice in my head when I started my business that was like, this isn't a business unless someone gives you a W-4 to fill out for a tax for, and you get a paycheck from someone else, you know, like it's not technically work. Like you're not, this isn't real if it doesn't fit into the status quo in a way. Um, but now I sort of see like 
the hierophant in a more evolved way where I can like work with that archetype to be like, no, that is not the voice. That is not the like higher voice that I choose to listen to. You know, I don't want that voice to dictate how, what choices I make for my life. Um, but you are definitely a professional. Yeah. yeah. Now I'm like, I am a professional. Like that's, mm-hmm. which is so funny because with hair, like I, I'm self-employed. I like, yeah. And most people look at that profession. Um, some people don't take it. It's either people respect it or they don't. And I think like I have to apply that same mindset to what I'm doing as a psychic reader. It's like, this is, this is, this is work, you know, and technically it's like, if I have to pay taxes, it's, it's a profession. So. (laughs) And self-employment taxes are no joke. Um, No. I'm wondering, you know, there's so much that's coming up right now. And I'm wondering, you know, I, I love the conversation that we're sort of leaning into about how, important it is for healers quote unquote another word that i have resistance to Mm -hmm. um healer but like for the lack of you know i'm just gonna use that word um but i just want to like preface it with like my spec skeptical nature around it um how, how do you think you know healers can keep ourselves accountable to doing the own, our own work on ourselves when we're showing up for others? I think one of them that I've learned is if I, I mean, I, I guess it would be a given. It's like, if I know that I'm not in a mental space, like if I'm dealing with things, not that I can't hold space for clients if I'm if I have my own healing work, because we all have our own healing work and it's continuous. But if I'm at a place where I can't, De- detach my personal self um to hold space for another then I think it's like okay then I have to either reschedule a session or maybe I need to pause right like I because I think that's a big thing too um and I always like I check in with myself in the morning okay how am I doing um and I mean I've even in the beginning I've had a few times where I'm like okay wait is this is what I'm channeling is that for me or is it for them? Cause I can, and I pay attention to my body. Like I'm a really big feeler, like connecting with my body and listening to what it's telling me and, and trusting that like, if I'm not feeling it, it's okay. Like just to, yes, it may be disappointing to the, to the, to the, to the client, but it's, it's irresponsible for me to hold space for someone. If I, if I'm not in a position to hold space for myself, do you know what I mean? Like, or how am I supposed to like, you know, through connecting with folks and, providing guidance it's like if I'm not willing to take my own advice and do the work myself how am I how how am I supposed to do that for somebody else like you know what I mean and it's not always easy like healing work isn't easy but that's why it's like okay you wear like it becomes part of your spiritual hygiene and your self-care like getting readings Mm. with people or or investing in some kind of care in that way and I think like one of my friends she's a therapist and she um was saying like well, like therapists need therapists too. Like you, you can't, you know, like we can't feel guilty about it or shame about it. And if, you know, with all due respect, if someone's going to get upset with me and say, well, then I don't want, I, I, I rather cancel my appointment. I don't want to see you because you're canceling my appointment because you're not in the right mental space. Well, then we're, we're not meant to work with one another because I wouldn't be able to provide you with true information and mm-hmm. it's irresponsible. At least in my, you know, that's my personal opinion, but. 
Yes. Thank you for sharing that. Um, I'm wondering if you are comfortable sharing a little bit about your, you know, cause we, you've brought up kind of psychic boundaries and now like spiritual hygiene, what practices have been helpful for you? Um, so I do quite a bit like clearing. Yeah, I mean, that's a given like like always clearing when I wake up in the morning. First thing I do is like, I call, I call back my, my astral bodies. Um, I clear myself in the morning. I clear my, I mean, it's, Clearing work is a huge one for me. I'll do, I try to remind myself to do regular limpias, like once a month in the shower. Um, And sorry, I'm like, my breath just got taken away from my, Mm. you know, when you get that, when it feels like something like sucks your breath out. Um, Those are my biggest ones. Like I love, I feel so bad for my stepdaughter because sometimes I'm like, I will smoke out the house and uh, I feel bad because my dog will start sneezing, but that's a huge thing for me because I, because of the work that I do, I clear the morning in between clients before I go to bed. I'm like, that's been my tried and true thing and moving my body, um, whether it be like working out or just dancing. Cause I need to, I can, I get things that will I'll either store it in my body or I get things that may attach themselves. So it's really important that I'm always actively moving. Um, but because I'm always connecting with like the space of like, I can feel if something's like walked in the house, that's not supposed to be in the house. So I'm like walking through the house. I'm like, get the F out of my house. Like, you know, because I don't, it, it does. It's, it's not a fun feeling, but those are my, sounds so lame, huh? But clearing, clearing's the biggest thing for me. Cause it's what helps me. It's, I'm a practical person too. Like I have a short attention span. And so though I love ritual, I need things that are, that would be practical for me um, and fit within my, my day-to-day life and with my family. And so that's why clearing has been the best and easiest thing for me to do on every day throughout the day. Mm. I hope that answers your question. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Well, I would then I was sort of thinking about like because I know this question comes up for me a fair amount, and I do have people booking consultations with me about doing a house clearing for a haunting. Thinking kind of about your house and like if you've connected with anyone that lives on your land. You know, I made a contact. It was on the full moon in Scorpio season. Of course, I made contact with someone who like was on this land. I don't think that they lived here, but they were on the land at some point before their death. Um, And I'm wondering like, you know, if you have those visitors and what you do to kind of like send them away. Um, So I don't know if it was necessarily anybody that's lived on the land. I feel like some of the beings or spirits that I've connected with are a combination of lazy spiritual hygiene and not closing up doors when I'm supposed to close doors um and also just ones that are coming through um who've who've been in the home before but not maybe not necessarily have lived there because they don't feel like they've lived there or lived here um and I I I it sounds kind of messed up but see so this is what's worked for me because again like I'm a visual person and so um my um like colleague and she was my coach um asia the spirit guide coach so she taught me something 
um, because I used to smoke out the house and I, and that would work, but like vision, I don't know why I never thought of visualizing. So I would make the command of, you know, whether, you know, any and all negative forms of energies and entities. And if I can see their face or if I get a sense of like, okay, this is who they are. I hone in on the energy that I'm, I'm feeling or who I'm seeing. And I, I don't ask them to leave. Like I command them to leave. And sometimes, um, their energy is like really forceful and so, or really strong. And so I had to do it a few times and, uh, I visualize them just burning in a, in a ball of flame. And, and then I watch that disintegrate. And then, um, and then I check in with my ancestors too. I'm like, you know, did, first like, did that work? And like, I don't feel the energy, but then I'm like, sometimes these spirits are tricksters. So I want to make sure we're good. And then I'll check in with my spiritual team and, um, or my pendulum. And then, and then, I mean, that's, I'm, I'm pretty simple when it comes to stuff like that. It's like, I'm using my voice to make a command and then watching to see if it's happening or if it's happened. And then I use like herb to, to clear out the house. I always work with copal and I always work with um, cedar and rosemary. Those are, I have um, rue or shruvan too, but that I usually save for if it's something that is a, like a heavier or darker um, entity that's come in the home. Cause I, I have a small amount and that seems to work. Or not seems that that does work to get them out really quick. So, mm-hmm. yeah, awesome! Wow. Yeah. Um, yeah, I you know I've developed a practice of like it's interesting to hear you say that. I feel like I've developed a practice of like gentle asking of spirits to leave, um, which has really worked for me and has worked for a lot of clients. Just being like, thank you. I acknowledge that you're here. I acknowledge you think that you're helping. I do not need your services. I wish you well on your exit. And that's actually worked really well. Yeah. Um, Because I feel like a jerk. (laughs) No, that's because, you know, I, I think it's just, that's not necessarily like what has worked for me. I think, you know, like I was saying, I have channeled and have a relationship that I think has gone on my whole life with my great grandfather who, you know, died in like a really brutal way when my grandma was a child. And I realized that like showing him anger is just more of the same for him, but like showing him kindness and compassion allows him to go a different road. Yeah. But I'm still figuring that out. I don't have the answers. Um, how I'm wondering too, because I know you have said in you know your ancestry there were people that did witchcraft, there were people that were healers. How does your immediate family feel about like your career choice? Career. So yeah, my it's funny because like my mom, um, you know, when I first when I first uh, took that class with um, the curanderismo, the curanderex's toolkit. I was like, you know, and my mom would tell me these stories. You know, my mom's the youngest of 14. And um, she would tell me these stories. And I would just start asking her because I, I feel like me remembering all this stuff is also helping her heal, right? And so I'd ask her stories. And I'm like, mom, you know that like that is, you know, that wouldn't be considered very like 
Catholic approved, like, you know what, you know, Abuela or her, my, my abuela had, her best friend was a psychic and they used to have seances in the house when they, when my mom was little. And so anyways, now she, she always says, oh yeah, that's because they were very spiritual. So that's how she says, she describes me and like, will tell like, um, my, my feel her, her brother and my tia, who is like my grandma, she raised my mom oh, you know, Liliana, she's just very spiritual. And so that's what they're like, oh yeah, within her work, she works to people. And so putting it shortly, they pretty much call me like, and I'm like, I don't feel like I even deserve that comparison, but like the Walter Mercado of, of, of my family. And I'm like, oh, I would, I, that would be like, I wish, but they, they, they're supportive of it. You know, I think because they understand that it's not just, oh, I'm reading cards or I'm connecting with spirit. They view it and the way I view it of like, she's helping people and not, especially people who were like me, who didn't feel comfortable going to a med, you know, a medical professional or, you know, and that's not to say, I'm not here to say like, Hey, I am not a medical professional. Like you want to use these things if you can, like in unison, right? it shouldn't replace if you need, you know, like medication or things like, cause I believe in therapy. I just never found a therapist that I felt comfortable with. And um, so that's how my mom views it. They, they, they love it. I shouldn't say all of my family loves it because not everyone knows. But, um, and it's not that I keep it, I'm not hiding it. It's just, I don't talk, I really don't talk. We have a big family and I don't talk to a, a lot of them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, wow. Um, I'd love to hear, because I know you also make some essences. I'd love to hear about some essences that you've worked with that have resonated with you. Um, so I, I have worked a lot. I'm going to share two of my, um, my favorite ones that I, I, I always recommend for folks. And I, I still use, um, working with the essence of Rue or Ruda was huge within my healing journey, especially with like grief and anger. Um, and that's, I still use that. Sometimes I even just use it when I want to connect with um, my father figure that passed away because uh, the essence that I have or the stock that I have was made with um, the Rula, uh, a Rula baby that came from his plant um, at his house. And so sometimes I'll just work with that when I want to connect with him and also work with grief because, as you know, grief is it's always there. And so sometimes I just need, sometimes I want to bring up the grief, but in a, so that I can witness it in a different way. So I can hold it in a different way. So I use that regularly. I also use that when I want to uh, pull out, like when I really just want to get into shadow work and like, I mean, I'm always doing shadow work, but when I really need to address some things. Um, and then Rose, Rose is like my all, like all purpose go-to for everything. Mm. Um, I've been wanting, my goal this spring is to make uh, a scent out of um, gardenia uh, because that was my abuela on my mom's side, her favorite flower. And I would like to connect with her more. Like I do connect with her, but it's not a strong commun- like connection, but I would like to connect with her more too, just to learn more about her. And I feel like I can do that with gardenia. Mm. Yeah, I got the rue essence from you probably like two years ago. And I love it. Yeah. Yeah, that was two years ago. Yeah. Um, 
And you made me an essence of olive flower too for my ancestors. Oh yeah, I have the, I have a little, yeah, I, never mind. I'm not, never mind. I almost oh, forget what I was just about to say. Okay. <laughs> no worries. Um, so you're coming out with this Oracle deck. Um, you do intuitive readings. They're really awesome. I'm lucky to get monthly spirit messages from you that I always look forward to and love. Um, how can folks connect with you? How can they book a session? How can they work with you? Um, they can head over to my website, um, uh, com, or follow me on Instagram at ihakekuran. Um, or Patreon, like that, that's something that I really, I'm, um, I really want to invest. I want to shift my attention and focus to that versus mm -hmm. the Instagram. I like, I love Instagram because like, that's how you and I connected. Um, but yeah, those are, those are the, the ways. And then with the Oracle deck, I'm going to be sharing more about that on, on Instagram. Um, I also have a mailing list that is that you can find or they anyone whoever is watching and listening to this can find uh via instagram as well and my little link in my bio awesome and i'll put everything in the show notes so if you're listening you can just click on the show see the show notes and like click the link um well is there anything else you wanted to share today lily before we um, end the call no i want to say thank you for letting me well thank you for like chatting with me today and bringing me on here and I appreciate you and it feels good to to connect yeah you know, see your face. I know <laughs> I love talking to you like I I've said I love booking appointments with you and yeah you're amazing so thank you for being yeah. here you are too thank yay, you yay thanks listening to the rise up good witch podcast if you enjoyed the show please rate and review in itunes and check out www.riseupgoodwitch.com for more information about tarot readings and the apothecary mm -hmm.